Go ahead and open your Bibles tonight to uh, Mark chapter 16. Uh, We started a few things in talking about miracles last week. And uh, we've been talking along the lines of the gifts of the Spirit most of the fall. And uh, just seem to be uh, impressed to talk a little bit more about miracles. And uh, we had a tremendous, tremendous anointing service last Wednesday night. Let me just recap some of the things that were said. In, in Mark 16, Jesus says to his disciples, go into all the world, this is verse 15, and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he goes on to say, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And he says, and these signs shall follow or accompany the believing ones. These signs shall follow them that believe. He didn't qualify it by saying these signs should only follow pastors or teachers or prophets or apostles. But he said these signs are going to follow believers or the believing ones. Do you believe that tonight? I believe that with all of my heart. He also said in John 15, 12, which goes along with Mark 16, it says um, he uh, in John 14, 12. Well, let's pull it up. I don't want to just be misquoting something tonight. I know part of it, but notice this in verse 14, verse chapter 14, verse 12. He that believeth on me. So there is faith involved in having signs and wonders in a local church. There is faith involved in having signs and wonders and the element of the miraculous and the flow of the Spirit in our individual lives. He says, he that believes on me. The works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now we know why he said greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I went to the Father. Well, he didn't just go to the Father and leave us helpless, or leave us like orphans, or leave us comfortless. He said, I'm going to pray the Father, and He will give you another, another word, another in the Greek is parakletos, another comforter, one just like me. I'll give you another comforter. And when He has come, glory to God, He's going to show you things to come. He's going to counsel you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to strengthen you. Oh, the ministry of the Holy Ghost is so wide and so great for you and I. So, in Acts 1.8, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, with the same Spirit that He was anointed with, then you and I can go about and do good and flow in signs and wonders. Amen? But this is something that we need to be hungry for. And something we need to stay stirred up about. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The more that we hear truth along these lines, I believe the more we'll hunger for it. And then as we are hungry for it, we can grow hungrier still. You know, the truth of the matter is, is if you're not hungry, just be honest about it and ask the Lord to make you hungry. And if you are hungry and if you are after the things of God, ask the Lord to bump you up another level. Take you on, glory to God, from one degree of glory to the next. 
And Jesus said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. What will happen? For they are going to be filled. Think about that scripture. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. One way you could define righteousness is uh, right standing with God, but also following his righteous ways. So if we're thirsting after righteousness, we're thirsting after being and doing right in his eyes. But then he says, blessed are those which hunger and thirst. Well, glory to God. We can come unto him and drink. And he will satisfy us and fill us and enable us to be a blessing. Now, we defined the word sign last week. And uh, let's look at that again today because I think it's worth mentioning over and over again. The word sign there means to put your mark on or to sign something or a signature. God signs stuff. Have you ever had to sign something? You had to put your approval on something. I have to do that all the time as a pastor and all the other things that I'm involved in, the various boards and different things like that. I have to put my signature on things quite often. And what I'm saying is when I'm putting my signature on that, I'm backing it up with who I am. Well, God signs stuff, but he doesn't sign stuff with ink and pen. He signs things with miracles. He signs things with wonders. He signs to where where people say, you know, something must have happened here. Must have been God. He must have done that. His signature is all over it. Signs and wonders. God is leaving his signature in the Bay Area. Must have been the hand of the Lord. They asked this guy this question. Well, you were, you were blind. What happened to you? What happened to you? He says, I don't, all I know is this. I once was blind, but now I see. He was signed by God. It's a signature. When people are saved, when people are set free out of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God, it is the stamp. It is the signature of God all over their lives. Amen. Amen. And so, God is a miracle-working God. He signifies. He signs. He leaves His signature with wonders. You know, He's always been a God of signs and wonders. Look over at Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 in the Amplified Version tonight. And I want to pay particular attention to verse 4, but we'll read verses 1 through 3. The book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and we'll look at it in the Amplified. Since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths we have heard lest in any way we drift past them and slip away, and they slip away. For if the message given through angels, the law spoken by them to Moses, was authentic and proved sure, and every violation and disobedience received an appropriate, just, and adequate penalty, how shall we escape appropriate retribution if we neglect and refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation 
as now is offered to us, letting us drift past us forever. For it was declared at first by the Lord himself, and it was confirmed to us and proved to be real and genuine by those who personally heard him speak. Now let's look at verse 4 and read it together. Beside this evidence, it was also established and plainly endorsed by who? Endorsed by God. Isn't endorsed another way of saying signed? Or backed up? So it was plainly endorsed by God, let's read together, who showed his approval of it by signs and wonders and various miraculous manifestations of his power and by imparting the gifts of the Holy Spirit to the believers according to his own will. Is it the will of God for him to impart gifts to those who believe? Will God, who did do things by signs and wonders and endorsed them in that day, will he do it again? Did he work miracles in the old covenant? Will he still work miracles today? Absolutely. He is God and he does not change. And you and I have got a better covenant established upon better promises. Amen. You think about the realm of the miraculous in the old covenant. I mean, Red Sea splitting. Jericho's walls falling. Sun setting still. Axes floating. Leprosies cleansed by seven dips in the Jordan. Lives being completely turned around and changed. Prophets of Baal being slain because the fire of God came and licked up the sacrifice. It was a covenant and is a covenant of miracles in which you and I live. Because this covenant is an everlasting covenant. And our God is an everlasting God. And if he ever did it before, just expect him to do it again. Glory to God. Get your expectors out. He is a God of miracles. And he is not only a God of physical miracles. He is a God of provisional miracles. He is a God of relational miracles. And he is a God of emotional miracles. To where one day a person may not even know their name, but they came in contact with the miracle working power of God. And now they're normal by the power and by the grace of almighty God. To one day they were homeless, the next year possibly a CEO of a company. I don't know, but we know that God is a good God and he does miracles. And they happen in an atmosphere of faith. They happen in an atmosphere of expectation. So a sign then is for people to see. When I drive home tonight, I'm going to see several signs. Signs point to what they're advertising about. Well, signs and wonders and miracles point to Jesus. They point to God. As I said last week, there are people that are being healed by God's power, experiencing miracles by God's power all over the world, in Africa and Asia, all sorts of places that don't even know Him. 
But oh, once their eyes open, and once they're no longer lame, and once they can sleep at night, they're going to say, who is responsible for this? And they're going to be able to point them to Jesus. T.L. Osborne traveled the world for many, many years. He said, healings and miracles are what? It's the dinner bell. And what it's saying? Come on in. Come on into the kingdom. Come on into the family. And so the power of God makes all things possible. Look at Mark 9, 23. Mark the ninth chapter and the 23rd verse. And signs have a voice. They have a voice. They, they speak to what God has done. We, we discussed that in Exodus 4, 8 last night where it says, If they will not believe you or heed the voice or the testimony of the first sign... They may believe the voice or witness of the second sign. And this is the Lord speaking, of course, to Moses about the signs. So if they don't believe the voice, signs speak, amen. Signs point, amen. And uh, in Mark 9, 23, let's look at that. It says, if you can believe what's possible. I think we need to rehearse that for a moment and just say it just a few times. How many of you know that what you say is extremely important in the realm of the Spirit? Your voice is the location. How is your location in the realm of the Spirit? It is your address in the realm of the Spirit. What you say is what you will attract. And I didn't say that. God said it. He said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. He said over there, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. He said, you will have whatsoever you say if you believe and doubt not. Mark 11, 23. Now notice with me, it's important to say words that are filled with faith. Mark 9, 23. Say this with me a couple of times. All things. Are possible because I I believe. Say it like this: I do believe. Therefore, there are no impossibilities because I am a believer, and all things are possible to him that believeth. Could your life be better next year at this time than it is right now? Absolutely. Could you be healthier and stronger next week than you are today? Absolutely. All things are possible to him that believeth. So we see then that there is an atmosphere in the word of God of the miraculous, of the supernatural power of God. And... uh, In Isaiah chapter 9, let's look over there in verse 6 of Isaiah 9. Isaiah, the ninth chapter, in verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now I want you to 
pay particular attention to the word wonderful. Notice that. The word wonderful. Someone said that they looked this up in the Strong's Concordance, and I haven't done so. So I can't say it so for sure, but I have a lot of confidence in the person that said it. He said that when he looked up the word wonderful in Strong's Concordance, the word wonderful carried with it this thought, miracle. His name, think, let's just look at it that way for a little bit tonight. His name shall be called miracle. We could say it like this. In his name, there are miracles wrought. Because he said, in my name, these signs shall follow them that believe. There is no name like his name. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Muhammad will not save. Buddha will not save. The religions of this world will not save. Salvation only comes through Jesus and by calling upon the name above every name, the name of the Lord. Amen. But not only that, there is no other name that carries authority in three worlds like Jesus' name. His name is above every name. And His name has been given to you and to me. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, let's, let's track this out for a moment with this thought in mind. His name shall be called Wonderful. Say it with me. Your name is wonderful. There are miracles in your name. All things are possible through the word of the Lord. And when I have faith in your name. Say it real strong. His name shall be called miracle. There's miracles in his name. There are healings in his name. There are deliverances in His name. There's peace in His name. There's joy in His name. There's glory in His name. There's authority in His name. There's fullness of life in His name. His name is Jesus. His name carries weight. His name carries authority. Notice Philippians 2, verse 9 through 11. Let's go ahead and read it. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Well, let's stop right there. The, the King James Version says he's been given a name which is above every name. The Amplified says he's been given the name. The name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things, the Amplified says, beings, that's spirit things, in heaven, things on earth, and beings under the earth. His name has authority in the presence of the Lord, at the throne of grace, among the angels, on earth where we live, and in hell. Demons tremble at the mention of his name. Because they know that there's miracles in His name. 
they know that there's things in his name that they just soon not see happen again. And that's why they've lied through the traditional church in this day and hour that the day of miracles has passed away. They want to minimize Christ into a box of a Christ that was in the past. Watering down the gospel. Some even denying the virgin birth. Ordaining homosexuals. This ought not be so. We love homosexuals. We just do not agree with the sin or the lifestyle. Amen. Amen. But demons recognize that name. That name's above every name. Look at verse 11. Read it with me. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, there's coming a day where every knee shall bow. These people that think that they're so smart, all this mysticism and humanism, and some are really, really good people, but you know, you can be a really good person and end up in hell. You can be a really, really good person, but a very, very nice, deceived person. And when you track where some of those things started, they came out in the 60s and the 70s in the United States of America as a direct revolt against the establishment, mostly by a bunch of hippies. Transcendental meditation, yoga, TM, all of that stuff. And I'll tell you something. They want to get us to accept their God. Because you know what? There's only one God. There's the, there's the, you know, Buddha's okay and, and Muhammad's okay and, you know, Jesus was a good teacher. He was more than a teacher. He was virgin born. Glory to God. Shed his blood. Raised from the dead, if you will. I don't know why we're getting off on this tonight, but it's all good. Glory to God. Who's that guy on television? Where's the suspenders? Larry King. He was asked, if you could ask, if you could talk to Jesus and you could ask him one question, what would your question be? And I would ask him beyond any shell of a doubt. I would ask him this question. Were you really born of a virgin? Were you really born of a virgin? That would change everything. If he believed that. Because he said, up till now, up to that point, in the history of mankind, there's never been anyone born of a virgin. And if Jesus was really born of a virgin, that makes him deity. That makes him God manifest in the flesh. That makes him more than a good teacher. That makes him more than a nice guy that turned the water into wine. That makes him more, much more than a prophet. Woo, glory to God. 
He is Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Son of Man, raised from the dead. And His name, it shall be called Miracle. It shall be called Wonderful. He came into this earth in a miracle. He went about for three and a half years performing miracles. The very atmosphere of his life and atmosphere. How can, how can it be denied that he is God, that he is Lord? Thank you, Lord Jesus. You think about, and we looked at it Sunday, you think about the angelic activity with those shepherds. The supernatural was there. God was manifest in the flesh. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He don't change. His will is forever settled in heaven. And what I want us to see is if... I want to ask the question about some things in the Word of God. Did that really, did the virgin birth really happen? Does it change everything? Did Jesus really raise the dead? Was that a miracle? Could it happen again? Religion will tell you, oh no, that was Jesus. Well, we're going to blow that religious cow right up tonight. The master's ministry had the signature of signs and wonders all over it. Look with me at Acts chapter 1, if you would. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 through 11. Acts 1, 8 through 11. He said in verse 8, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is what? Come upon you. And ye shall go a-witnessing. No, you'll be a witness. It's good to go a-witnessing. But you'll be a witness every day. Unto me, both in San Leandro, and in Hayward, and in Oakland, Fremont, or wherever you're from, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. Put yourself in that picture. He's talking about power coming from on high. Then all of a sudden, without a jet pack, without Virgin Airlines, all of a sudden, whoop, he ascended. He is taken. <laughs> he's taken up. Mm. He's taken up. And uh, and a cloud received him out of their sight. What kind of cloud was that? That was a cloud of glory, I believe. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, they saw more than an eclipse. They're out there. They looked up steadfastly. That's like with an absorbing gaze. Their eyes are fixed. Their eyes are set on what they're seeing. They're seeing him go up. And while 
They looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Now, we, were these the men from Glad or were they angels? Supernatural. Supernatural. Two angels. But now notice what they said. Which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, (laughs) shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Oh. Thank you, Lord. One day, you will too, and I will too, ascend without a jetpack. The Bible says that he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. So, In that tomb, the glory was there. The glory filled that place. Down, even down in Hades. And the glory raised him from the dead. Now look at Romans 8.11. The whole plan. It's the glory plan. It's the story like Billy Brim taught for so many years. It is the story of the glory. And the story hasn't ended yet. There's more to come. Understand this, that the book of Acts isn't over yet. It has how many chapters? Is it 28? 27 or 28 chapters, but that was just the end of what they had. But it is not the end of what God has. Are you hearing? Why is that? Because it's the same church. You belong to the same church as Paul did. You belong to the same church as Peter did. I belong to the same church. As the apostles did, and so do you. We are in the dispensation of grace. You and I are in the church age. Glory to God. Did miracles happen in the early church? Can they still happen today? They received a lot of persecution over it. They received a lot of junk from the denominational, pharisaical first church of the Sadducees. They were not happy when the man at the gate beautiful went up walking and leaping and praising God. They were miffed. They threw Peter and John into jail. Because they had thought that they had put this Jesus in the tomb once and for all. 
They were upset. And that's a whole nother story. But why isn't there more persecution in America today? I'll tell you why. Because we're not having the things that they had in the book of Acts to that degree at this point. They're having them in Africa. They're having them in the Philippines. We went to the Philippines in the 80s and saw just miracle after miracle just pop, 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 pop happening all over the place. When people crawl to church for days, when people give of their all to Jesus, He shows up in a big way. (laughs) He shows up in a big way. And that is not an indictment against anyone here or anyone in America. It is just a fact. But you and I are revolutionaries. We want to see change. And we're going to shout it from the housetops. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep pressing. We're going to keep proclaiming. Oh man, this thing got started in an upper room shaken with the power of God. With wind blowing with water, without a window opened. Fire falling and... All of a sudden, out of their mouth, they started speaking languages they'd never learned and never spoken before. And they went out to the street. But the people thought they were drunk. Well, they were. But not as they supposed. This was that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Woo-hoo, glory. We've not yet seen what we've seen in our hearts, but God let it happen. May the hunger of the church arise stronger and stronger in this day and this hour. May your church arise with healing power. May your people be volunteers in the day of your power. May there grow a hunger and a thirst in the ranks of the body in America, Father. That is our prayer. We don't want to get exclusive and think we're the only ones and our movement is the only ones. No, there's hungry people all over America. But I believe what's happening, I believe it's going to grow stronger and stronger and stronger. And what we've seen is going to come to pass before the return of the Lord. I have not been preaching this gospel for over 30 years, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, to play church. If revival has happened, I don't know it. I haven't seen it yet out here. But I'm seeing it down here. How about you? And I try to be as nice as I possibly can Sunday morning without spanking the people's behind too much. But there are Sundays I want to. (laughs) Think they're doing God a favor by getting there at 1115 for the message. Shandai, Shandai. Better go tie your bow tie. All right, Romans 8, 11. Back to the word now. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead. What kind of spirit was it? It was the spirit of glory. One translation says, since the spirit of him 
that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead, what's he going to do? He's going to quicken your mortal body by the same spirit that dwells in you. I'm asking you as your pastor, heart of the bay, start acting like he lives in you. Live in awareness of his indwelling presence. Talk to him daily. Pray in the spirit daily. Read the word daily. Because there is coming a day where you and I are going to be enveloped in the glory of God. And we're going to be changed. In the twinkling of an eye. The Bible says at the last trump, the trumpet's going to be sounding and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we are going to be changed. Now, whether that happens in the rapture or happens when we go on to be with the Lord, that day is a coming where this mortal is going to put on immortality. Amen. You know what? You're not going to need healing in heaven. You might as well get it now. I'm telling you, God's a God who quickens. He is a God who quickens. He's not changed. We are living in quickening days. Days of rushing mighty winds. Look at Acts chapter 2. We might as well. We talked about it. Let's just talk about it a little bit more. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. Aren't you glad he didn't slip in the back door? Well, we used to pray for people to be filled with the Spirit, but now, you know, we, we have kind of an afterglow. And that afterglow is, you know, in some upper room way in the back. Because after all, we wouldn't want anybody to be offended at speaking in tongues. You know, we, heaven forbid. You know, we've got a nice building now on Hesperian Boulevard. And we wouldn't want to be offended if anyone got happy and shouted in the Spirit. You know, we, you know, just, we're, we're respectable now. We've got a building. I hope you know that's not my heart. <laughs> that's not where we're at. You know, what Christ did was not done in a corner. <laughs> it wasn't done in a corner. And what he's going to do is not going to be done in a corner. And we cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's got to be preached with fire, proclaimed in power, and demonstrated with signs and wonderful wonders and miracles. Otherwise, we're just playing church. Acts chapter 2, verse 2 says, There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. It sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That'll shake you, man. I've had some shaking experiences since I've been a Christian. I've had some landmark experiences when I got filled with the Spirit. To where it shook me to my very core. It changed my life. It burned the desire for drugs right out of me. It changed my countenance from looking like a 70-year-old man at age 20 
It changed me. It rearranged my priorities. I'm telling you, these guys and these ladies sitting in the upper room, (laughs) they were shaken. And I believe that God's fixing to shake some people up. He's going to shake some things up. In this atmosphere of, of, of revival and, and, and a moving of the Spirit in the book of Acts, you see revival, but you also see riots. You, you see mass salvations, but you also see anger. Don't think it's strange. Are we part of the same church as they were? Do we have the same Holy Ghost? Same fire? Same ability? Well, people say now, if you just let God be God and you let Him do anything, people will get weird. People are weird anyway. I'm not going to be slowed down or, you know, stopped by confused people. And they're not going to act confused here. Right? We're not going to have a little bit of wildfire and then fire. No, the wildfire is going to be doused. We're just not going to allow it. Well, if you, you know, if some, some things might happen you've never seen before, thank God! <laughs> thank God! Amen! Well, I don't, you know, I don't know about it. Okay, just stay mental. Just stay deader than a doornail. Give people their coffee at the back door. You know, it's like Mara Murillo is a good friend of ours. Stood up in church one time and he saw the people looking so sad and so sleepy. He says, I felt like saying, I see dead people. And then the PowerPoint, you know, we're going to have a, we're going to have a PowerPoint. Yeah, because there's no power and no point. God help us. Help us stay out of the mental realm. Help us stay out of the reasoning realm and get into the realm of revelation. Help us not trying to figure out church growth by the latest church growth guru. I'd like to vomit. When I hear that stuff, if you don't have X amount of people in so many X amount of years, then you should be X'd. You know, if I went by every church growth principle around today, I'd be selling shoes. You cannot put God in a box. You can't put God in a formula. God is God. People starting churches by looking at the demographics of an area. No, the Bible doesn't say as many as are led by demographics. It says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Well, if I invite, now, now there's 
500,000 people living there. And if I invite every one of them, I'm liable to get 5,000 at my first service in your dreams. This kind of stuff takes place. It's all natural. It's all mind. And God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him. And, you know, you've got to understand, you're looking at a veteran here. You're looking at someone who's been around. I'm not bragging. I just know quite a bit about church growth. And I know a lot about what works and what don't work. And I tell you, when it gets right down to it, it's the word and it's the spirit that works. Everything else has no lasting foundation because there's no foundation and so how does that translate into our lives build your life on the word build your life by being filled with the holy spirit whatever god says whatever god wants let's do it because when you flow on the path of obedience in your life you're going to see miracles intersect you on a regular basis You're going to see the hand of the Lord on you, all around you, and blessing you. His name is above every name, and His name shall be called, what? It shall be called miracle. Amen. And you know what? There are things in the Word of God that will keep us straight. You want to know what some of them are? Seek God, not signs. You know, there's, there, there are groups of people that are so seeking signs and seeking signs and seeking miracles that they've forgotten about God. It's a trap. We must not be more infatuated with miracles than we are the God of miracles. If you're going to be obsessed with anything in this day and this hour, be obsessed with Jesus. Yeah, but I want to be just like this person. I want to be just like that person. Forget it. You're setting your standard too low. The standard is Jesus. And whatever is worth following in another person's life is Him anyway. Amen? So what do you say we we stay on track? Say, stay on track and we won't be derailed. Hold to the head and have the will of God be done. In this hour and this day, we're going to see signs and wonders on both sides. Both sides, in the demonic and by the Holy Spirit. But I tell you one thing those signs that happen over there have no value of eternity whatsoever. But oh, the signs and wonders that He works. They always glorify God. I wonder tonight, does anyone in this place need a miracle? Stand to your feet right now. Let's pray for a miracle. Anyone need a miracle? Stand up. Come to the front right now. Let's believe God. Let's appropriate His miracle working power in this place. Anyone else need a miracle in their life? Come right now in the name of Jesus.